Hi, you're listening to What's the Schemata, a schema therapy podcast for therapists. With ISST accredited schema therapy supervisors and trainers, Chris Hayes and Rob Brockman. For more information on schema therapy, visit our website, schematherapytraining.com. I don't know, what's the schemata with people these days, Chris? I, I have no idea, but you are here. Welcome to episode 23. Uh, what's oh, what's this schematta? Yes. What's this schematta? Hey, did I ever tell you the story, Chris, about how how I know well, you and I were bouncing around names for the podcast in yep. the beginning? Mm-hmm. Um, did, did I tell you how how I got the, well? Basically, yeah, from your students. Like, yeah. I told you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, these really cool students over mm-hmm. at um, Western Sydney, and yeah. I think they were getting a, a sort of um, schemery version of CBT training in their uh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And so they ended up at the end of the semester giving me a little plaque that said, Rob's What's the Schemata Clinic. <laughs> um, Classic, yes. There yeah, you go. Yeah. So cool. everyone, everyone that's listening, that's the origins of the podcast name. Um, my name's Chris uh, Hayes. I'm a clinical psychologist and accredited schema therapist, trainer and supervisor. Uh, and Rob, you? Um, yeah, I'm Rob Brockman. Yeah. Um, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and I'm accredited in a few things too, uh, hopefully, and mm-hmm. here to talk about schema therapy. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were talking um, really about the um, the purpose of this episode, which is episode 23. We've got through almost two years of this, is to focus on, on people that are looking to do schema therapy accreditation or, is, or in the process of doing schema therapy accreditation. And also maybe for supervisors that are helping people do schema therapy accreditation. So that's the topic today. Yeah. Sounds good, sounds good. Yeah. Oh, it's a big topic, you know. Um, often we'll be in trainings or we're running into people around the traps talking mm. about schema therapy and accreditation has become pretty popular. Yeah. You know, and I guess the thing is that you and me have done it. So, uh, you know, I think maybe in old, old days, old times, many years ago. Back in the yeah. old days. Well, when I started doing the training, you know, this is sort of 10, 15 years ago, there were a lot of people that had been involved in the skin therapy community. They were sort of more grandparented in because they had sort of been a part of the development. And I think I, you know, I was, you know, one of the first sort of cohorts with Jeff uh, Young in the States to sort of, um, you know, move from that, and then obviously we work together um, and doing the accreditation yeah. program. And, you know, and me at one pay, at one point supervising you. Um, yeah. And it, and I guess that's a good thing. I think is that you know we we know what it's like to have your tapes rated, and we know what it's like to you know kind of um, think you know what you're doing, but then realize I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and, totally. Yeah. So we, we well, maybe know. we could talk a bit about the benefits. Like, yeah, why, yeah. I don't know, why did you do accreditation, Chris? I never asked you this. Why did you do it? Well, look, you know, one of the benefits, I think, is that you get a, a clear, uh, defined and deep knowledge of one model. And I thought when I was um, sort of coming out of uni, or been out of uni for a couple of years, I had the opportunity to, to do the accreditation in, you know, in the States. And obviously it was a bit early it was very early on or sort of you know sort of early 2000s like 2005 or something mid 2000 um but i wanted to do it because i I think that it's really helpful to get a you know to a real purist kind of um approach and to get that to be good at one thing and then later you know you know be good at other things too so that's one thing i thought was i don't know about you so something for there's something about um really focusing on on knowing 
a model really, really well. Did you find that? Did, was that your? Uh, your totally, totally, yeah, oh. yeah. And I, uh, part of my thinking here too, I was affected by um, by Scott Miller on this. You know, oh, yeah. the, the fellow from the states, yep. and he's got all this uh, feedback informed treatment stuff. Oh, yeah. He he always talks about that, um, yep. um, knowing a, a model really, really well. Yeah. Um, as 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 opposed to having you know twenty models. Yeah, you know, in your yeah. mind, like a master of what is it? A master of nothing. You know, what is it? Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, or trades. you know, sort of being good at one thing instead of a, a master, a master at one thing, or just you know, or or okay at nothing. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess the, there are. I think one of the benefits of the, at least the schema model is that if you've done sort of CBT or cognitive behavioral kind of work, you kind of got a decent idea around that, and it's also a, a deepening thing. So. If flexibility with your clients, obviously, you know, you could if you've come from a CBT background, you're doing CBT and, and or doing sort of act approaches and things like that. Um, and then you know, if you have the CBT op, uh, the, the schema option, you can go a lot deeper and work with more complex kind of presentations. I don't know if this is the right metaphor, but my feeling when I sort of went more from a CBT model into schema was was like it was a bit like a wow thing. Yeah. But it was it's almost like it was on steroids. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. everything was deepened, it heightened, yeah, you know, more more emotional, more impactful, more yeah. Yeah. more yeah. real, more authentic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's that, that's how I felt. That's sort of what really hooked me in. And it kind of fits with your per I mean not your personality, but oh, thanks. the person's someone's personality. You're like, yeah, wow. I think that well, sometimes it's you kind of feel like, ah, oh, this is what I want to do. This is the time, you know, the things with limited repairing and doing experiential techniques where you like a bit of structure. This is the sort yeah. of thing that can be helpful and it, it might fit with the way that you see the world. Or sometimes I was chatting to um, Andrew Phipps from Sydney. He's, mm -hmm. he's a supervisor trainer from Sydney. And uh, he, 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 he used to say that schema therapy is what he imagined he'd be doing. Like yeah, when he right. signed up yeah. to do psychology yeah. to be a therapist, it's, yeah, it's right. what he thought. Like it would be like not yeah. not the initial thing you learn in your masters and that yeah kind of yeah 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 so yeah. i guess you know some people kind of say well, what's the point in doing it so i guess obviously you're learning it yeah there's an enrichment that you get from just learning um but i also think you know obviously there's a there's a lot i mean if you think of it like a brand almost there's a the schema therapy brand is definitely picking up and there are people wanting and seeking out schema therapy mm. so you can prov you, know, you could obviously call yourself a schema therapy accredited clinician and um, then later if yeah. you do advanced sort of stuff you could do supervision and and also train you get involved in trainings and things yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah well the way i sort of think about the benefits so there is that benefit to the way you market yourself or, or the kind of clients you want to attract and mm. that sort of stuff yeah and yeah, also yeah. your professional identity a little yeah. bit too yeah. i don't know yeah. rightly or wrongly uh probably see myself as 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 a as a bit of a schema guy when it comes mm. to you know, my, my identity as a therapist. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the biggest thing I think is, is the structure of the accreditation is such that um, it's rigorous to the degree that you're going to be getting quite detailed feedback, um, you know, including things like tapes. Yeah. Right. So yeah. uh, I learned this from you, Chris. I mean, it's absolutely clear yeah. that you get this massive kind of um, jump up in competence after yeah. after a tape so if tapes, you yeah. see your supervisee for a little while and you see how they're yeah. going and then yeah. after a tape you get this massive boost of yeah. like of performance yeah. after a tape so what do i tend to do as well i don't, I don't know if if it's a it is just from from my perspective as a supervisor as well it's not like an isst driven thing but i've got a certain set of kind of 
kind of ideas about what to expect at particular times. It's it's very easy in supervision, the component of so once you've kind of agreed to do it and you want to embark on it, you can easily just sort of talk about cases and say schema and get to know schemas and have a knowledge based stuff. But it isn't really until you start to kind of yeah, like you know, see material and things like that, you know, from the from the person and, and start to, you know, possibly role play things out and this sort of stuff. So what I tend to do is I usually give people a bit of grace and sort of say, okay, the first five, six sessions, let's just kind of work towards, you know, getting to know a couple of clients. So I would say, you know, have two or three clients that you work from. So we get to know about Harry and what's Harry up to next week rather than, you know, you talk about Harry and then you never hear about Harry again and you talk about, and then talk about Mary and you jumping from one thing to another. But then the first five or six sessions just work towards getting a formulation. Yeah, yeah. Get to get to that point, then the formulation, you talk it through the formulation, you know what's going on and, and you get to unpick I think it. that's fair. I think, that's fair. I think I, I'm yeah. quite similar, Chris, for obvious reasons. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. I think that first probably five to 10 sessions, yeah. you want to really test out and tighten the formulation with yeah. the supervisee yeah. to, to give them a chance to, you know, what's this mode? What's that mode? How does that fit into the model? Yeah. You know, how am I doing my assessments? How am I interpreting yeah. YSQ? How do we pull all that together? How do we present the formulation yeah. to the client? Now, there's so a new ISST formulation document too, which is very comprehensive. And that's kind of like yeah. not something you would necessarily do with everyone, um, with every yeah. client, but for a learning process is extremely helpful too. Yeah. So if you click on, um, there'll be session notes for this podcast. If you click on the link, it'll take you through to a page on our site with um, some yeah. more information and links and where to get all these documents. Yeah. So that that document, yeah. what is it called these days? A schema therapy conceptualization uh, rating form. scales, something like that. Uh, well, it, this is what's happening. So you don't, either you'll have to get a conceptualization, and then you uh and then rate it on it so maybe just to we can well just a couple a couple other things i'd suggest actually structuring the actual supervision before another idea that pops into my mind um is i i would usually say after 10 to 12 sessions then you're starting to ask for tapes to be listened to or listening to stuff in session and i usually tend to kind of like to listen to any anything past 15 sessions i want to listen to a little bit of people's work in session at least or you might Depending on the supervisor, they might be rating stuff outside a session as well. But it, it's it's kind of that's the kind of key thing. And I just I think that it's, it's flexible. And I think you know you, you part of me yeah. is I want to get the most out of the supervision for the for the supervisee as well. I tend to point that paint that picture at least because often you do get people that you can see them for twenty sessions and they haven't given you any any recordings at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. And, and sure, that it doesn't really matter, but you still need to get them at one point because they yeah. might be willing to have supervision for you for 200 sessions or something, which uh-huh. probably isn't that way. But it, it, just to get them to make the most out of this, the yeah. session. So the tape feedback is really important. Yeah. Right? The feedback, feedback in, you know, informed supervision. Um, get, having those tapes is a really key part of the process. And that's really built in. So that's one of the benefits of, of uh, accreditation is yeah. it kind of forces you into that you, you you're gonna have to look at tapes if you're going to get your tapes rated and so so that's i guess the biggest benefit for me is the structure is kind of set up in a way where you really have you really have to push you to to get yeah. feedback to to you know to push yourself to change things basically exactly. now one thing that we didn't mention that i 
sort of just occurred just a moment is just the even just to know mm-hmm. what is made up of accreditation. So accreditation is usually made up of a minimum six days of training. Um, then on top of that, there's uh, the supervision. So for a standard accreditation, which allows you to call yourself a schema therapist, you do uh, twenty set minimum of twenty sessions. And for advanced, it's a minimum of 40 sessions. And, and for advanced level, you can learn yep. further to be a supervisor and a trainer. And the third component is tape writing. So you're getting an external tape writer to go over your tape and also your formulation. And it's rated externally by someone that isn't involved with the, uh, the, the training that you have. So they weren't you know, involved with the course you know, work yep. that you've done. So typically, the other thing, I guess, the trainings are either like intensives or uh, live uh, you know, face-to-face live three-day trainings. Yeah. Um, so on, on a, in, in our program, they're typically three days. Uh, so that would be like a level one or course one yeah. uh, training. I think we call, we call our one, um, what's the full name of, of our level one training, Chris? Uh, the therapy, the, the model methods. The model and methods and techniques. And, yeah. then, and then level two is uh, beyond the basics. Yeah. But so you, know, you need both of those things. You, yeah, absolutely. So you, and they come to the six sessions. And then on top of that, and people will do other, you know, other courses that we do as well. Or, you know, and if you're listening in this very possibly in another country, you know, a lot of the time, um, other programs have got different setups. So they might have, you know, three, lots of two sessions, or they have like a, a different setup. But the minimum key thing is the minimum requirement is six days. And it used to be all that had to be face to face, but of course, since COVID, uh, we now have these um, live intensives as well, yeah. which uh, are split up into, into uh, two lots of three days. Um, so that you can also see them on our on our website at schematherapytrainingonline.com. We've got the live intensives also there. So, are you got any other ideas about how, if you were having to talk to your old self, um, going through the supervisor supervision process, and you know? Even for myself, thinking, you know, what what's the best way to make use of the time and the and the actual yeah. uh, process? What any any tips for people listening? Um, I, I kind of see it as a three step process. It's the initial ten sessions where you get to know the supervisor and the supervisor gets to know the supervisee, mm. uh, and it's it's a lot more of a conceptual thing. Mm. Um, you know, what's this schema? What's this mode? How does it fit? And then after the tenth session, say. 10th to 20th session it's more about getting to know your practice like via the feedback yeah. starting to get feedback with six minute takes mm-hmm. maybe after after that i think it's about getting ready to submit something for external yeah yep. uh, for external feedback and then yep. working through that and that can be a hairy mm. thing as well you know, yeah. yep. you know you you with your supervisor and they know you and they support you and then you're getting this external like feedback as well yeah so i think i think that's mm. the three stages and sometimes with that, it's good to have a deadline. I've always suggested to people because it's very easy to avoid stuff and put things off. And I've seen people that have sort of been, you know, sort of floating along and they've done all the, everything they need. There's a lot of tape. And that's something that can just to close the deal. I need this done by July 1st, you know, and to, and to work. And, 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 and around that as well, with tape writings, it's good just to tape everything, like tape yeah. anything that moves and just getting used to recording yourself um, you know, often we don't have any or very limited experience of typing and listening to our own work and, mm-hmm. you know, even reflecting on your own work and having a listen to what you've done just on your own can be really helpful. And just to get also, you know, for you to, to sort of see things and hear things out of con- in a different context, but also just to get used to listening to your voice and, mm-hmm. you know, getting to feel okay about it with the client. So thinking about that, all right. 
you know, so a big barrier to accreditation might be the tapes. Yeah. And and there's probably two barriers to that. One one would be an internal barrier, like our own schemas. Yeah. Uh, and the other barrier might be something about the clients, like fears that the clients wouldn't like it or wouldn't want it. Or yeah. so, so maybe we can say something yeah, about the client yeah. aspect. How do you get consent? Like, yeah. what's your process? Well, to approach clients. What I suggest to people that are doing supervision with me or consultation with me is, it depends. I've got different requirements. Some people might be in government services. Some people might be working privately. And you know, you can if you're working privately, you might need to you know, set up like a, a, a little bit of a contract that they can sign off on. It might be different requirements for different situations, like in terms of, you know, government settings. You just need to fit within that. Um, but selling it to the client, I think the, that's the biggest thing. I and mean, the logistical thing of getting someone to sign it, but just being able to tell, you know, talk to the client about it. I think one thing is that you don't want to make a necessarily a massive deal about it. And it is just about you learning and trying things out. And in other professions, they often... You know, they, this is a part of the deal. This is about, you know, this is a part of the, the furniture. Mm, so yeah. I do see some supervisors getting a bit anxious about it. And then they sort of, they get anxious about making a big deal about the, you know, the issue mm. of confidentiality and logistics and everything. And then, then the client gets a bit uncomfortable about it too. Mm. So I would just normalize it. This is what I do to get better as a therapist. Is that okay that we record the sessions and they'll be disposed of, you know, in said way? Um, but mm -hmm. I think just being a bit more, you know, sort of confident. If you're confident taping, yeah. then they'll look, and even if you don't feel confident, look confident because yeah. it helps. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to tell supervisees uh, to convey it, like if, they, if they're not sure how to broach this with a client, um, just to say something like, you know, this, this approach is an approach that I really believe in, that I really mm. like, uh, and I'm, I'm seeking some, some certification in this approach yeah. that's going to help me maybe to get involved in things like supervision and, and things like that in the future. It's going to help them too, right? Because, you know, they're going to get someone who's got some expertise telling totally. them to improve yeah. their skills. So. Um, would you, you know, would you mind, uh, you know, and the focus is on me, uh, not not you. So this is the other thing yeah, that I think yeah. always helps. <clears throat> letting the client know that um, videotape really should mm. only, it's only necessary that the, the therapist is on the tape. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. that it's not necessary for, to have also the client on the tape, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, look, a, a personal thing for myself, I, other, other trainers might be different, but I, I'm personally fine with audio recordings. I think that, you know, sometimes it's logistical issues, you know, that, you know, that are extra kind of layer when you've got a video recording going on. And yeah. also, you do get issues around people playing to the recording rather than if you've got a recorder going on and it's, in, it's sitting in the corner. You That's don't a notice. hard one, isn't it? That's yeah. a hard one. Like, yeah. that's what do you call that? It's sort of, yeah. Like an Hi, how are you? Welcome to Hi. this session. Hi, this is yes. chemotherapy. Yeah, it's, yeah. so, I mean, um, I guess that's a bit of this therapist. I mean, therapists are going to get their schemas activated doing schema therapy. And they're going to be, it's going to be activated, you know, because it's a new skill. It's going to be, new, it's going to have you having someone kind of fo focusing on your skill and, and asking, you know, about, you know, your, your uh, formulations and this sort of stuff. So I do think that, you know, sometimes this is a part of the challenge. This is probably the big, one of the bigger challenges. I don't know about you, but, you know, sort of, you know, it's, schema theory is, you're giving a lot, you know, in terms of, you know, um, yourself and, and also you're giving a lot of, in terms of maybe new skills like imagery and things like that. And, 
you have to be, as a supervisee, you have to be a bit kind to yourself and open for feedback and things like that. Um, yeah. It can be quite triggering having a therapist that's there, that's your supervisor, sort of scrutinizing things. And biggest thing that will come up is tape avoiders. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. That would be like, as, as a supervisee, just never quite getting around to it or like yeah. that kind of thing. So you yeah. need some encouragement. Yeah. Um, but also it's funny, you know, how often... Super, the supervision relationship mirrors a therapy relationship too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. of course, not as intense, uh, mm. but some yeah. of those things would would sort of mirror. Well, it's worth maybe commenting on that too, because I know that when we do supervision, we have to do tra- a certain training kind of component to yeah. do supervision, yeah. in, and and we we um, do some of the teaching for that. And the supervision that we do with schema therapy, we do do it sort of akin to therapy we want to be do limited parenting in supervision so we'll be doing all that kind of stuff we want to spend a bit of time at least looking at your own schemas totally but you know no, you're going to have a closer relationship aren't you you're going to totally. feel different yeah. you know so so there's there's scope for for there's limited reparenting tasks within hmm. supervision in a schema model yeah so you know your supervisor is going to be saying things if they believe in you they're going to be mm. saying things like mate i've got your back i believe yeah. you can do this like mm. give it a go like those kind of sentiments are going to come yeah. across yeah. yeah um in a similar way to that that you might sort of feel in therapy so you'll get a little mm. taste of that as well yeah absolutely and we're authentic generally we were trained to be sort of authentic and normal and be open and be human and and not to be you know dr brockman who knows everything and person's coming to talk to you about your case and consult you know it's not yeah, we're just yeah, people yeah. you know and i think yeah. that's the key thing and you know often you know people have that quite collegial it's quite yeah. uh flat hierarchy collegial yeah, exactly you know, also ideal. Thing. Yes, yeah 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 some people have had bad experiences you know so i mean maybe that's the thing to keep in mind that we generally tend to not want people to feel you know, triggered in terms of their own competencies. We're trying to help. And that's the, the other thing I always had to supervise these as well. And in terms of particularly in experiential techniques is a lot of the time, you know, you know, including myself, if, if a technique that you're learning, um, that's only part of the deal. Obviously there's lots of other things that aren't techniques, but you might be learning how to do imagery and it doesn't work out. Just to also always keep in mind, just because it doesn't work out, doesn't necessarily mean it's you. Often therapists that, that totally attribute the, the success of a therapy to do with their skills, sometimes, yeah, often yeah. it's just data. And really, it's a d- detached protector. Or, yeah. you know, there's, just, and there's, anybody would have come up against it. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. It, yeah, anyone would have done it. It's just, wow, it's interesting that you don't want to do chair work. Okay, that's really interesting. Rather than the sort of the person evolving as a skin therapist saying, oh, it must be me. I'm not doing the mode work right. So that's something to so definitely keep in mind that you it's all data. It's all what do you think about about sometimes like because I think the the supervisee supervision relationship can be quite intense and quite supportive. Hmm. What do you think about? Is it a good idea to sort of uh, maybe if you're doing forty sessions of supervision for accreditation to mix it up a little bit and get a little bit of another voice in there, or like you know, do a bit of consultation on the side. I don't know. What do you? Oh, what's, yeah. your, what's your take? Sometimes people like this. They like to sort of get a bit of a different idea yeah, as well yeah, yeah yeah so i've had a couple of people come to me because they you know i do a lot of emdr as well so that, you know and trauma kind of stuff so people might come to me sort of wanting that angle and how to integrate yeah, things not mix not, it a bit it's not like if we're talking about the emdr but having someone that's informed with the emdr practice and how to fit it maybe or mm. maybe there's a particular type of case that i think that's fair enough and i think it's good, good good to do that i think it's just more when people are avoiding doing it and they're kind of like i can't handle 
you know, I'm getting triggered by Chris too much. You know, I should go and, you know, sort of um, see someone else. I think it's worth, if, if you do have supervision issues. Because those things happen worth. too. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, know, it can be quite intense. In general, yeah. we, we hope that um, those things can be sorted through over time and, yeah. you know, you hope yeah. that the supervisee feels comfortable. Like this, again, it's all mm. like, it's just like therapy sometimes. It's sort of, yeah. you know, is, yeah. the, is the supervision relationship where it needs to be to mm. be open and safe mm. and, and that kind of stuff. So Yeah, I don't think it's usually what I would suggest if someone's having difficulties with their supervisors is to talk to them and try and work it out and see if, you know, yeah. try and work through the block. And I think that's the most important thing to sort of do it rather than, your schema avoid or, you know, sort of use the, the coping styles to, to kick in, you know. Um, what about, uh, I'm just wondering, for those that are maybe doing taping and taping their therapy sessions, do you, have you got any ideas about, you know, what, how do you, the logistics of sessions even? You know, I've got a couple of ideas that I often mm. say to people. Do, well, the thing that we, what really helped me in my accreditation um, was this idea of splitting up the session into three bits, right? Mm. So... This you can call mm. this different things. I call this a twenty 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 yeah. rule. Yeah. So just trying to remember that you want your session yeah. to be more or less split into three bits. Mm. Uh, with twenty minutes, the first twenty minutes being a bit less active, more sitting on your hands, uh, encouraging the client to talk about triggering moments, feelings, their needs. You yeah. know, times this week where they might have had strong emotions, and and the setting up an expectation. We call this attunement, really, uh, in schema. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the expectation that this is a place to unpack feelings. So, so the tune. So, what I kind of call it that first twenty is like the tune in, the tune in, and then yeah. once you get to the end of the tune in yeah. twenty minutes, then it's the the work, uh, and then you're like, yeah, we got a bit of work. And the linky question is that you know, what would be a good use of the time today? Do you think? You reckon yeah, we should yeah. do some imagery chair work? You reckon we should do yeah, flashcards? Yeah. So that kind of linking into the work bit. Yeah. Know. So based on that first, almost like like tuning in, like dipping mm. your hand in the water to yeah. where they at mm. and then choosing some, some strategy to do yeah. in the second half in the second bit of the session. Yeah. Uh, maybe the second 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, typically this is something I'll say too. I don't know what you think about this, Chris. I have my own sort of go-to things in my own mind, yeah. like a sort of structure in my head. Um, I've, I don't think we've ever talked about this. So based on the attunement in the first session, yeah. if the, Generally, 90% of the time, there'll be one of four things will come up. Either the client is in a coping mode, mm -hmm. uh, stuck in a coping mode, yep. or they would be talking about a lot of critic type activation, yep. or they're getting really triggered with the vulnerable child or vulnerability, mm -hmm. or they're getting triggered with anger. Okay. Yep. Like angry child. So 90% mm -hmm. so of the time, sometimes there's other things going on like happy child or, you know, understood yeah. child or something. 90% of the time, it'll be one of those four things going on when you're, yep. when you're, when you're tuning in. Yeah, sure. Yep. So, okay. So once you realize you can see what's going on. Now, this is, this is how I approach it. I just sort of find that useful to have a sort of almost a pre-structure in my mind about where the session would go depending on what shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, if it's a coping mode, then the session would go onto that. Yep. Right, depending mm -hmm. on where the client's at. If it's a new client, it might be more something like pros and cons and education about the mode. Yep. If the client's already had that stuff, it might be like chair work with, say, the detached protector, right? yep. where, where mm -hmm. you might gently, you know, empathically confront that side and try to make it aware that it's getting in the way. And, yep. Right. So, so in with this little model, right, if, if they are stuck in a, in, a, in a coping mode, then you have to work with a coping mode, perhaps chair work with, with a coping mode. 
if it's a critic, if they're stuck in a critic type loop, uh, I would then usually my go-to is to go share work with the critic. Mm-hmm. All right, because it, it, mm-hmm. it just feels yeah. We got to get it out of the way. Yeah, we got to get out of the way. Yep. Now that shouldn't be a sort of inflexible thing. I think you could easily do some imagery scripting also with a, with mm-hmm. a sort of critic sentiment and the sort yep. of shame or the pressure. Mm-hmm. So you could do imagery scripting also. But mm-hmm. um, oftentimes I just find chair work with a critic is mm-hmm. is easy, yep. right? It's an easy place to mm-hmm. go. Uh, if it's vulnerability, my go-to usually is imagery scripting. Yeah, right? okay, Once so we're in the change phase, yeah, if they're yeah. really stuck in some vulnerability, feeling alone, mm-hmm. feeling scared, feeling you know yeah. invalidated, Mm-hmm. We're going to take that it. back. Yeah, we're going to yeah. link that back and do some yeah. imagery work. Uh, and similarly, if it's anger, uh, I will also be be um, linking probably and doing some imagery scripting with, with the anger. And I guess it would be post hoc anger. Like you obviously, I'm talking angry off, child. Yeah, but if they're oh, angry sure. with you, just set it. You sure, know, sure. Of, let that. Well, there's other things vents you can be doing. You can deal with that and then get to the other side and then yeah. suggest. But that, if they're know. just pissed off about their boss mm. this week and, yeah. and you know, yeah, 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 been yeah, triggered right. and stuff. Yeah, so it's kind of like speaking. Um, you know, so sort of. Another thing I often talk to with clients is, um, you know, and suppose is is striking while the iron is cold. Yeah, you know, like if you kind of when you strike while the iron is hot, you can't really do a lot. But if you can strike while the iron is cold, you can be talking about an angry outburst at work, and then hey, why don't we do some imagery on that? And that, that kind of works. So you like that? Right. You like yeah, that? What one. do you mean? Because usually I I I we'll just see if someone's active. Well, someone's activated and they're angry at you, and they're angry at the world, and then it's like, well, okay, why don't we? You know, you, you would yeah. stick to that kind of venting. Uh, you mean if they're too dysregulated with the anger? Yeah, and then yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you know if it's a session later and you're like, yeah, you know, you're yeah, really angry yeah. last week. How about we do some imagery? Ah, let's yeah. go back to a little bit while okay. you're a bit more regulated. Yeah, it makes sense. But one thing that I do think that's really essential with these sort of sessions though is that in the end it's about the, the, what they need, you know. And I guess a lot of the time, um, people you could easily get playing to, you could, if you're in getting recorded or you're kind of trying to get a good session to reflect on or whatever you can get stuck in a bit of um, playing to tape or trying to yeah. do strategies and i think this is the thing is in the end you have to kind of meet the emotional need and that's the main priority being able to yeah. kind of focus on that and it, that 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 need is going to drive what you you know what practically are going to do with the client so just to keep that in mind mm-hmm. um you want to talk about the competency scale a bit, like just a couple of minutes? Like, sure, you know, sure. So, um, so the schema theory competency scale is what you're going to be rated on. So in, in our training, we talk about that and sort of, and we'll put this up as a, a, um, some um, show notes. Um, in my, one of my old uh, colleagues uh, from Wales, Arnie Reid, very kindly uh, at one point, uh, put all the competencies onto one page. So we'll see if we can kind of put that up. And, um, the aid memoir. It's yeah, a session aid, aid memoir. memoir. Yeah, he's yeah, very helpful. So what Arnie would do is be, he would stick it on his wall. It's a lot, very detailed and can be quite overwhelming, but it just sort of helped him to, and it helped me, um, you know, sort of um, get the, the key principles. So, yeah, so it's probably good so to we'll go share through. that. Uh, if you yeah. link through the session notes to the page, we'll have the aid memoir up. You can check it out. It's got yeah. all of the stuff on one page, like options with the work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. I had a couple of other thoughts, and yeah. I'm just thinking this through. Yeah. When it comes to tapes and this issue of like mm, getting feeling like you're being watched and, and it becoming a bit artificial. Yes. 
the biggest I know that thing feeling found, really well. I know sometimes the start of our podcast sound a bit like that. Uh, yeah, uh, first so minute or two. It's just to get used to taping everything. Yeah. So what I sort of tell supervisors is, is, is taping start, you right now. <laughs> yeah, just start taping all of the set. Don't don't be like, oh, I'm going to work up to this session and then I'm going to yeah. tape, and this yeah. will be the session. It just puts yeah. all this pressure on. Yeah. What you want actually is just just keep taping and keep yeah. taping and keep taping. And then what happens mm. is you forget about the tape. Yeah. Client forgets about the tape. Yeah. Uh, and then you just start having some material. Mm. And then mm. and I tell him, and if it's if it's crap tape, you just delete it. You know, it. Yeah, exactly. Happy with it? You just delete it. But yeah. just keep taping until you mm. basically forget you're taping. Yeah. I know that uh, when we we did the um, IRM study, the, the imagery and EMDR um, study, as a part of that, as a one of the practitioners, and we had to tape every, everything. And some people got there sort of, you know, a bit stressed out about that. But yeah, just having that routine of like, hi, this is session six. I'm your host, Chris. <laughs> this is the delay. The date is X Y Z. I'm with person Z43. You know, just doing that and putting it down and and recording yeah. it. You just, you just. Well, that's the other thing with know, the client. Once you have consent. Mm. And you're telling them, hey, is it a call? And I'll be taping mm. the session. Yep. I don't even need you. You don't need to announce it every session. Say, mm. hi, I'm putting the no, meeting. You don't. Like no. I just kind of set it up mm. before they come in. They've already consented. Mm. They understand. Um, yeah. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I reckon it's obviously a, it's a very rewarding kind of process. It does get you um, thinking. The only other thing I, I would definitely say is to try and keep just a couple of people and just to, yeah, that's the easiest thing. You can see people kind of jumping in and jumping out and, you know, talking about different clients. It's definitely best to focus on a couple. And you don't the like skills. the sort of let's focus on 12 clients. You like no. the sort of let's do three or four clients and sort yeah, of just, just see them through yeah. in terms of the supervision yeah and and you'll get you, the, 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 the supervisor will understand what you know you get to know about you know you know wendy and maureen and greg and these sorts of people and and, and to sort of see how it went you know and, and to get a, a depth there so that's the only other thing i could definitely suggest but you got anything else to say before we wind things up um, just do it, people. Just yeah. do it. Now, if you're inclined to do it, it's a, it's a cool little structure for things. Um, I guess the way I thought about it too, we all kind of mandated through supervision anyway. You might yeah. as well commit to a bit of a process. But uh, yeah. Yeah. but also I understand too, you know, life life happens and you, mm. not everything has to be like continual mm. being obsessed with work. So, yeah. you know, uh, but generally we, we like the process and encourage people mm. to have a bit of a think about it. Yeah, so if you're overseas and listening to this, you can look at the International Society of Schema Therapy website web page. Um, there is a very, um, I think it's going to be less complicated page soon, but um, there is a very um, detailed um, page to look at that. And I think we'd start there. And then if you're in Australia, you can look at our website or there's a, there's a number of different um, other training providers and uh, are fantastic too. So, you know, you're welcome to... But a really to good one is Schema Therapy Training. <laughs> There you go. There's one of many, um, but yeah. So, I, um, I, I, you know, I think that um, hopefully we've been helpful. If for those that are doing the, the accreditation, um, and um, good luck for the next couple of months, and and um, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. And, and one last thing, uh, if you have any other questions about accreditation and stuff like that, it's really good to be on some of the Facebook groups and yeah. and post some questions there. There's folks on there. Yep. A lot of the trainers are on there, and yep. colleagues that know a lot about accreditation, doing accreditation. So you don't yeah. feel you're alone in the process. So um, the two Facebook groups that, that tend to, you know, they've got a lot of big following is Schema Therapy Made Simple and also the Schema Therapy Interest Group. 
Um, if you type that into Facebook, you'll be able to access that and get onto that. Yep. And our and our our, um, our school Facebook group is also um, pretty large too. It's Skin with Every Training online uh, Facebook group. All right, Chris, lovely to awesome. see you again, mate. Uh, you too, mate. Touch on base about accreditation. Thanks everyone for listening. Yay. See you guys soon. See you yeah, guys. On the other side. See you guys. Bye. Bye.